Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Barbarian, new movie came out this year, just recently hit HBO Max. This is a movie that I heard great things about, and I was told to not watch any trailers, listen to any reviews, to go in as completely blind as possible, which thankfully I did, and I would pass on that recommendation to anybody watching this. If you do not want to be spoiled, I would not listen to this review because I will be spoiling it. Uh, I would recommend definitely to go into this movie as blind, knowing as little as possible. I still haven't even watched the trailer. Trailers nowadays tend to reveal way too much, uh, so I absolutely hate watching trailers, and I avoided any any reviews. All I heard was that it was great, and I agree. I think this movie is amazing. This was written and directed by Zach Krager. Uh, this, I don't know if he's done any other movies, and I'm going to check right now, and hopefully it doesn't take me too long to figure out what other movies uh, the Whitest Kids You Know, what? So he comes from comedy, which is great. Uh, he was an, uh, oh yeah, he was an actor on that. Let's see, what about director? Uh, Barbarian, Newsboys, never saw that TV show. The Gang, Self Sucks, never saw that. Uh, so he did some TV stuff. He was in a bunch of episodes of, or directed a bunch of episodes of the widest kids you know which was hilarious sketch group show from the 2000s i guess i don't know when the uh when that series first came out but it seems like it was the early 2000s when i first heard about it uh so this being his first feature film i thought it was amazing i thought it was written well i loved the camera work in this a, a lot of great use of different lenses wide angle lenses just it just every aspect of this movie i thought was amazing this movie also was the first horror movie i can think of in i don't know how long that literally had me scared this movie had me yelling at my tv in ways i never had the the complete and utter urge to do it, it it was a movie that not only did it scare me but they were like it had me jumping like it had me jumping recoiling in my chair saying all of the inflammatory language that one might say when they have the shit scared out of them so i highly recommend watching this movie before this review, before I talk about it, because I want to get in depth with this movie. There are aspects of this movie I absolutely loved. I kind of want to walk you through my experience watching this movie, uh, but it's great. Uh, and just before I get into spoilers, this movie, aside from it actually scaring me, aside from it invoking me yelling, I was watching this movie alone and I was yelling at my TV. I, I don't know how many times I've yelled, I yelled during this movie, get the fuck out of there. What the fuck are you, get the fuck out of there, right? Couldn't help myself. Got legitimately scared, right? And not like jump scare startles you, 
Like legitimately, the thing I saw on the screen made me recoil in my chair. And also this movie is well told and told in kind of a three-part structure that kind of unpeels, sheds a new layer of the onion with each kind of uh, piece of this movie. Uh, and I appreciated all that. The storytelling was amazing. The writing was amazing. The, the camera work was amazing. The characters are super interesting. Uh, and some I really was sympathetic towards. Some acted in ways that were very cautious and very intelligent. Uh, there were other characters I was hoping for their demise. Uh, and just some great practical effects as well, which is something that... I feel is so lacking in so much of movies today and and in going through old horror movies like George Romero's films for instance as a great example uh it it's sad how less than so many horror movies are these days because they just use digital effects for everything and so rarely or they use practical effects, but it's so cleaned up digitally that it looks like it could just be CG. So this movie's amazing. I highly recommend checking it out. And with all of that said, I want to get into this movie and talk about this movie because I love this. It's probably one of my favorite movies I've seen this year. Absolutely my favorite horror movie I've seen in the month of October, as it is Halloween at the release of this episode. Happy Halloween, everybody. Hope everybody uh, isn't scared of the right-wing boogeymen of fentanyl or, or what was in my day razor blades in the candy. Uh, you know, go enjoy yourself. I really don't know how much kids are even trick-or-treating these days anyway. Uh, it, I, it, my experience is there's not a whole lot of activity on Halloween when it comes to kids trick-or-treating like it was in my day. Uh, but anyway, with all that said, happy Halloween. Let's get into it. This movie, first off, takes place in Detroit, which is interesting, right? There's some interesting aspects of Detroit that are used to great effect in this movie. Uh, you have this woman visiting detroit she's going she has an interview business interview rents an airbnb and the opening of this movie is her trying to get into this airbnb it's nighttime she can't see anything around her in the neighborhood it's just dark except for this house uh it's got a lock box and she gets into it and there's no key finds out double booked right it's like oh like the thought of going on a trip for any reason whether it's for pleasure or business and getting a, an airbnb and having it double booked having somebody in there has to be the most frustrating thing her trying to get a hold of the person that runs this airbnb is just painful how just it's it's you can't get a hold of the people you need to get a hold of in any situation these days whether it's like an independently run airbnb or a major corporation there is so much distance put between the customer and the company it is absolutely ridiculous most things are handled by like bots nowadays and it's just painful how little 
any regular human is treated in in every situation. So double booked. Turns out there's a guy inside. And it's like this whole time, this whole interaction with her and this guy is like, you don't know what this guy is like is this it it could easily be we're watching a horror movie you know you're watching a horror movie and like this guy while being like respectful and being seemingly a nice dude also kind of has the vibe of like a magician who's telling you how thoughtful and respectful he is while also potentially pulling the rug out from under you, right? Like, despite how on the surface it seems like this guy is trustworthy, at the same time, you know you're watching a horror movie. You can't trust anybody in a horror movie. And for this situation, it's like, for all we know, he owns the Airbnb, and this is how he lures people in, right? Only books women. And then just has this, just this, confrontation the situation where it's like oh it's always double booked i don't know what happened you know why don't you come in so like i'm super suspicious of this guy the entire time despite the fact he seems like a nice guy like i'm of two minds when it comes to this guy that's already in this airbnb right and she's playing it super cautious right she's playing it smart obviously probably shouldn't have even gone in to begin with right like oh it's double booked somebody's in there it's like well i'm gonna fuck off i'm gonna find a you know a motel or a hotel or a holiday inn right listen to some snoop dog and contact customer support the next morning and get my money back right i'm not going in to begin with but she does it's bad weather he invites her in it's late at night he's like come on in while you figure out and she wants to double check, make sure he's booked in this place. Any anytime she goes, she goes in the restroom, she goes to change, whatever. She's always locking the door. She's super like cautious and smart, right? And the movie's like showing you every time she goes through a door, she makes sure to lock it, right? She when she has the opportunity, she sees his wallet, she takes a picture of his driver's license, right? She's doing the smart things so far. And it's like, okay, okay, she's playing it smart. And then there's the thing, like, she doesn't drink the tea, which is smart. She's locking the doors. When she comes out from, what, like, her shower or whatever, he's got the bottle of wine. And he's like, listen, I noticed you didn't drink. Like, he's super respectful also. But this is also where I was like, he's kind of like a magician right now, right? He's, he's saying the things you're thinking, assuming, right? He's getting ahead of the curb. He's eight miling it, right? Like, I noticed you didn't drink your tea. There's this bottle of wine. I'm not going back to sleep anytime soon. So I thought maybe we'd share this wine, whatever. But I noticed you didn't drink the tea. So I was going to wait for you to open this bottle of wine. I'm like, motherfucker, this guy's poisoned the wine, right? And he's waiting to, to make sure so this illusion of safety gets pulled off. Like, he put a needle. Like, we're going to see. I kept waiting for, like, a, a shot in the background of a needle or a, a flashback of a needle going through the cork and injecting something that he's going to roofie or whatever, right? Of course, it doesn't happen. But this whole time, I'm paranoid, as she should be, staying in Detroit anywhere 
she's staying at some Airbnb that's double booked. So it's like the people who are running it, like, don't even pay attention to their own shit. There's this guy who's, like, almost too respectful. He's almost too thoughtful about the things, right? He's, he's going overboard, sounding like a magician that's like, oh, you may think that this bottle of wine is safe. And then there's the, the creepy thing that happens at the, the middle of the night where her doors open. And then, like, in the background, you see, like, when she goes to wake him up in the background, you see, like, this, it's, you know, blurry in the background, but you see, in dark down the hallway, you see this figure go into what we find out to be the door that leads to the basement. Just super creepy stuff, right? And I love that kind of decorating the background with the terrifying thing, right? Mike Flanagan does a great job doing that. Recently watched all of his movies. And un unlike most directors that pack movies with jump scares in order to pull off the terrifying nature, just having things subtly in the background of shots is terrifying, especially if you're actually watching and paying attention to the movie. Um, so, yeah, it's like on one hand, she's doing all of the things smart. The one thing that hinged on this, even though she was like locking the doors, all that stuff and taking the picture, is that when he tells her that, oh, you're probably not going to find a hotel because there's a convention in town, right? And she doesn't ever double-check any of that, right? She just takes his word not to even bother trying to find a hotel, right? Like that, her staying there, probably not a good decision, her trusting his word that there's a convention in town, which is kind of crazy that, like, one conven convention... It's not like Detroit is a small podunk town, right? I know it's, like, in dismay, but it's still a major city. I, I can't imagine a convention populating all of the hotels and motels in the area. I, I just... It doesn't... I, I don't buy it, right? Like, I live in Palm Springs, way smaller than, the, than Detroit. And if there's a, one convention in town, there's still going to be, there's probably all the rooms near where the convention's at are going to be booked. But there's plenty of other places. Plenty of other. The only time it's very difficult out here is, like, during Coachella, right, where it's a, weekend-long music festival, then it's kind of tough to find a room, right? But one convention, one convention's going on every weekend in every city. Uh, but she buys that, which that was the first time that I was like, oh, no, right? She's, she's definitely careful, but she's not perfect, which you can't be. It's a horror movie. They have to, like, people have to make bad decisions, like, Definitely out of horror films, she's smarter than the majority of people that are in horror films, right? There's a level of caution that she's taking, but there's also, you know, he's warming up to her. She ends up sharing wine with him, drinking wine. They find out she's, like, telling him that she's in town for an interview. He happens to know, not only happens to know the documentarian that she's going to work with or interview to work with, but also, he is—he works for 
a potential subject of the documentary that she is looking to work where he's like one of the guys who runs an art collective in in Detroit you know which is very coincidental right like somebody if this was going to be a movie where this a guy sets up this situation in order to attack people you would think he would also do the research to find out what she's in town for right regardless this movie's got you on your toes it's got me on my toes and i was hooked i was hooked Let's take a little break from the show to promote. If you sign up for Inspired Disorder Plus for one year specifically, you get a free painting. So a year subscription of Inspired Disorder Plus is $50. The painting, the majority of them are $100. So it's $150 value signing up for one year of Inspired Disorder Plus. So not only do you get a free painting, but you also are subscribed to Plus for a year, which means that you can binge this show, the Ray Taylor Show, ad-free, the full week ad-free available on on Monday. You also get discounts that are members-only pricing type of deals. All of the podcasts that I've produced in the past, close to 20 different podcasts, I've produced hundreds of episodes. There's also my personal blog. You can ask me anything if you want to start podcasting or get into art. All of that stuff available in addition to a free painting when you sign up to one year subscription of Inspired Disorder Plus. Head on over to inspiredisorder.com slash plus and become an Inspired Disorder Plus member today. And now let's get back to the show! So then the midnight thing happens. The next morning when she goes to her meeting, you finally see what the neighborhood looks like, which is like, holy... Because there was the same shot at night, but it was just all dark, and now that it's daytime, you see that just it's surrounded by houses that are dilapidated, you know, roofs missing, things boarded up, spray paint everywhere just a neighborhood that's utterly destroyed except for this one house on the street she goes to her thing whatever cool the person interviewing her is like you should not be in that in that neighborhood now despite her making bad decisions the night before again follow this woman's advice get out of there like when she left she didn't bring her stuff Right, She had planned to go back to the house after the interview. That's not how she should have played it. She should have packed her stuff up the next morning and then peaced out. Right, I'm done. Nice to meet you, stranger guy. I, don't, I wouldn't completely trust him even though she let her guard down, but she has a level of trust for this guy. She should have been gone right after the interview. No reason to even stay in town if the interview is over. But she goes back, she gets her stuff. When she gets back, there's kind of this scary thing where there's like homeless guys chasing after her, running down the street. Like you see him in the background as she gets out of her car. And it's like scary. She's struggling to get the lockbox open so she can open the door. And she barely gets inside while this guy's telling her not to go inside. Right? That's not, a, that's not, a, it's like a little bit of tension definitely in those types of scenes. And definitely a better version of that type of scene because she's got to get this key out of a lockbox. It's not somebody that just has their keys in their pocket and they're fumbling it in the last moment trying to get the door open. You know, they drop it before they get the, you know, this is a, a slightly different, it's a slightly different take on that type of a, a situation. 
So she goes, she's looking for toilet paper, right? She's packing up her shit. She's after that thing. She's like, I got to get out of here. Right. But she goes to use the restroom, needs toilet paper, looking everywhere. Can't find toilet paper, finds the door to the basement, goes into the basement door. Just isn't like she just kind of just is off balance and closes right door to the basement closes. She can't get out of the basement. She's locked in the basement. She finds this trap door from a rope. And I was like, right when you see that, it's like, no, no, no. Especially since the figure in the background the night before, it's like, you know, there's something down there that's not this other guy. And if it's not in that room, when she finds this other door, it's like, oh, well, she's bound to run into whatever that was. And this hidden trap door situation is ridiculous and then she even plays that she she opens it up and even she says nope she looks inside she's like nope not doing that but then eventually you know she rigs up smart rigs up the mirror so she can shine light in there she's kind of like seeing anybody in there and then she goes she finds that room right you're in some weird basement find a trap door to another part of the basement and then in that other part there's a room where it's like got a camera on a tripod a bed that's stained all with all of the body bodily fluids a bucket like it, it's clearly a room where bad things happen right it is no, there's nothing about that room that's like Please stick around this place. But obviously she's stuck in the basement. Hoping that Keith gets back. And this whole time, like, just get the fuck out of there. Go leave. Get, you know, break the fucking door down. Right? And it looks, you see this door that's, that's leads to the stairway that goes down to the basement. And it's got, like, plastics. Like, clearly, that door has been broken before. People have kicked that door open before, right? People have been trapped in that basement before. Right? You can see the finish on the outside of that door where the doorknob is. There's probably been different placements of doorknobs because it's been just people kicking the thing down, kicking it open. So then Keith shows up. She gets out. And she tells him she's, you know, should have just left. Should have been like, yo, Keith, here you go. I'm out of here. There's crazy stuff in the basement. Don't go down there. But nice to meet you. I'm out. I'm gone. My interview. This is where we part. I don't want to know you. I don't want to know this house. I don't want to know anything. Right. And Keith goes down there and it's like, okay, go down there. I don't care. Right. She apparently bonded with him the night before. So I guess it makes sense on some level because of this bond. There's a friendship there. She trusts him and she's worried about his safety because that's what that's like the only thing that would keep her around. Right. Me, I'm heartless. I hate people. Get the fuck out. I'm sorry. I don't care. I don't care if you're my best friend. I don't care if we're related. I don't care if you're my parent, my kid. 
I don't care. You want to go put your life at risk. I am no longer responsible for your actions. I am out. Okay, you are on your own. I gave you my information. I gave you the warning. You don't want to heed my warning, right? I tell you that a fence is electrified. Don't touch the fence. You touch the fence. That's on you. Keith going down in the bay. That's on him. And then her going to check on it, that's on her. So it's like, whoa. But I'm still yelling at her, right? The night before, I'm like, yeah, this, this chick, she's smart. She's cautious. She's doing all the right things, despite staying there to begin with a bad thing. And when she's down trying to find Keith, he disappeared. She finds another trap door. Right? Another stairway that's dark, looks like a mining cave. And that's like, don't just go. Like, whatever he, like, at that point, I'm like, he's in on it. He's in on this shit, and he's trying to lure her down there. I'm like, get the fuck out of that basement. When she finds that second trap door, and it's just that dark tunnel, it's like, there is no reason... I don't care if you can hear him calling for help and it sounds legitimate. You're like, I'm out. Peace. Good luck with that. But you can't do that because this is like a horror movie. And she goes down and the first time, spoilers people, the first time that I got the shit scared out of me, Right, She's using her phone flashlight trying to illuminate. Doesn't do a great job. But you like through the darkness, you see Keith kind of like scrambling on the ground. Right? Almost like crawling at her. Freaked me the fuck out. I was like, Ugh! First time scared. And he's like, She's like, we need to get out of here. He's like, no, we got to go this way. There's something down here. We got to go. Right? He's trying to go the other way. She's trying to get him the fuck out of there. And then the second time I'm scared, right after this situation, not prepared at all, from the darkness comes this naked monster lady and just crushes his skull. I'm like... Literally was like, oh my god! Like I, like the visceral fear. I was just in this movie. I was on this bad idea trip that they were doing, and to see him come out of the darkness, and then it's like, okay, like you have that fear. Then, okay, he's not. He's not the threat. He's scared shitless too. And then just immediately after that, right, it, it just gets you again. This false sense of security with this monster, naked monster lady, and just bashes his head. Brutal. 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 And that's where I fell in love with this movie. I was like, oh, this movie got me twice. Two punches, left, right. Got me. Just totally had my guard down. Amazing. And then it cuts to the second part. 
Like, I never yelled at my TV as much as when she was going down that dark second corridor. Get the fuck out of there. Go. What the fuck are you doing? Go. Yelling at my TV. Got scared twice. And then cuts to the Justin Long part of the story. Right? Gives you, peels back that, that onion a little bit more. And you find Justin Long, Me Too, producer, director. He's some part of Hollywood. And gets a call, finds out that this person he's working with accusing him of rape. And, right, you don't know how to take it. Obviously, seeing it from his perspective, you're like, okay, maybe, maybe it's like somebody just trying to ruin his career later we find out that he is a piece of shit right he acts like a piece of shit he basically gets quote-unquote canceled which is just fired oh you you lost your jobs because people don't want to work with you right that's not being can't that's just suffering repercussions for your actions like people not wanting to work with you because you make their brand look bad is is not like you're not the victim you know you're you are paying for what you did in the public sphere right just in the same way that if you were to murder somebody there might be people not wanting to work with you because you're like OJ Simpson or Kyle Rettenhouse right you, you might have some problem uh, warming up to people that know that you got away with murder. But he goes, you find out more about the house, that he owns the property. It's just run like some, you know, just for money for him. Like he bought it dirt cheap because it's Detroit. The company that, that runs it and rents it out don't really care. He ends up going to Detroit because he needs to liquidate, get some cash to pay for his lawyer that he thinks he's definitely going to win the case. And then he goes and he shows up to the house. There's stuff there. He's like, what is this stuff? And then you have the situation, the, the major contrast between Justin Long's character and the first two characters when this house, like, clearly, you don't know what the time span has been since he shows up from when the events of that first part of this movie are. So it's like you're kind of like, it could be the next day. It could be a month. He calls the thing. They're like, oh, we only clean it right before once it gets rented. It hasn't been rented, so nobody's cleaned it, which is kind of stupid. But it makes sense why their stuff is there and also makes it seem like who knows how long it's been. Right. It could be a year. Who knows? I doubt a house would sit around being available to rent for a year. But regardless, you don't know how long it's been. You don't know who's alive. Maybe they're both dead. Obviously, that Keith guy's dead. We saw his head get bashed in. But we don't know about the, the woman, which her name is uh, Tess. Don't know if Tess is alive. And then you see the, the great contrast this movie shows is when Justin Long is looking to... He finds the, the first trap door in the basement, and he's stoked 
because he looks online is like, oh, I can add this to the property, but this is going to increase property value having more square footage. He's like super stoked. And we also hear him, him tell his version of his story to his buddy where it's like, oh, I just had to pressure her. And it, so it's like legit, like these, these allegations are legit. According to him, he just frames it in a way that doesn't really add up to innocence. Take a little break from the show to promote gift certificates. If you want to purchase artwork for somebody, you have an art lover in your life, and you think they would like my art, but you don't know what painting to get them. I have over 2,000 original pieces of art for sale in my store, along with shirts and prints and other things. So I can understand that being a bit daunting if you're trying to buy something for somebody else. Give them the gift certificate, and then they can go to my website, inspireddisorder.com, and they can buy whatever paintings they want. They can buy whatever prints they want. They can buy T-shirts. They can buy hats. They can buy all the different merch. Gift certificates, which are available currently at inspireddisorder.com. And now let's get back to the show. So, no, I like, this is like a completely different situation where I'm like, oh, I can't wait for this guy to die. Like, I'm not yelling at my TV. I'm happy watching this because he, he's happy measuring his square footage. He's all about greed, and he's dumb. Like, this just, like, this, like, joy of ignorance versus the contrast of how cautious she was mostly and how terrified I was for her in the first part. Completely opposite emotions for when Justin Long's going through and his character's name is AJ. When he's measuring the square footage, you know, the second area, the trap, the secret room in the basement, measuring that, finding the room with the camera and the bed and the bucket, not phasing him whatsoever. Just happy with the square footage that he's hopefully going to add to the property value and make more money to pay for his lawyers and stay out in L.A. longer, right? It's just, like, it's hilarious how, like, like oblivious he is to any kind of danger and also my emotions towards his delusion and how, like, happy I am for when he finds that second door, which he does, and he's like, oh, like he's just seeing dollar signs when he sees that dark stairway down to the dungeon area. He's just like, yes. And then he's like, just like not at all concerned measuring stuff, measuring through, finding the room where the dog cages are. And he's like, the first time he's like, what is this stuff? And then he gets spooked. And he ends up having to run like he brought down like a little kitchen knife or whatever. The smallest knife you could find to protect yourself, right? Far from what Michael Myers type of kitchen knife was. He's got this little like little fillet knife. And then he gets he gets caught 
and then he fall he gets trapped in this hole with the thing on and the third time i get scared i caught off so off guard because i was like i don't care about this guy but then once he starts running i can't help but get caught up in the story caught up in the the action and the the thriller nature of this thing when he's running for his life i'm just i'm just waiting for this naked monster lady to kill him but then he falls into this pit and we see tess and when she shows up it's like these characters just like coming out of the darkness scared the shit out of me the third like scared the shit out of me just as the first two scares recoiled in my chair holy fuck shit Right? Verbally, like, saying what would be my last words. Scared the shit out of me. And then cuts again to the origins of that house. And we see the person that owned it, like, in the 70s or whatever. And we get the idea of what that monster is. That that monster, like, this guy would stalk women, and that's clearly where he would take them. There was a tv vcr combo playing like you know how to videos for mothers who are nursing so it's like clearly there are people generations of inbreeding going on in that place insane insane so seeing kind of the origin story of it what it was like when it was the neighborhood was brand new and when people were just starting to get out of the neighborhood and then the whole, like, getting free, the AJ character just continuing to be a horrible person, right? Gets a hold of, you know, finds the, the guy who started it all, who kills himself, which kind of makes it, you know, he's like, oh, we're going to get the cops here. He's like, okay, I'm out then. Right? I'm dying anyway. I rode this train for as long as I could. That monster lady, like, inbred, like, abomination that's out there. I can't deal with her anymore, so I'm just checking out now. Thank you very much. So completely makes sense. And I love that, that actor, Richard Blake, who played Frank. He's great. He's worked with Rob Zombie and some stuff. He's a great, like, creepy horror actor. He has a great, I think it's the movie 31... I think by Rob Zombie. He's got like this great monologue. It's, it's probably one of his better performances. Um, so him killing himself, the AJ gets a gun. And of course, like you see the events that are happening. She like gets free. AJ is brought to go get fed or whatever. He gets away. She, he gets the gun. And then of course, you, you know it's going to happen where he shoots. He sees a light at the end of the tunnel. He assumes it's a, which can't really blame him for that you know like as the audience we know that it's Tess but for him it's like I'm shooting anything and they make this character almost almost redeemable the AJ character right you see that he feels bad that like he's done these horrible things and he wants to make things right right tries to make this character redeemable they finally get out and escape. We see how absolutely worthless the police are in this movie. Which, you know, any movie that portrays police officers in a realistic manner, I appreciate. And this one does. Right? They can't be bothered. Her story is crazy. 
She looks like she's strung out. Her story sounds like this fantastical thing. So it's kind of, I guess, makes sense that the police don't care. But it's like, they just don't care. They don't. They, they, they suck at their jobs. They're absolutely horrible at their jobs. So I appreciate this movie for depicting the police in that way. Right? Just showing how absolutely little they, they, they can be bought. They want to spend any effort to do anything. And then there's this other scene, right? They get out, they're running away, and they, like, get to a place. That homeless guy, we find out that's, like, framed differently where he knew there was a monster in there who's actually trying to help her by stopping her from going into that room. So it's, it's, it's cool how this movie, as it progresses, how things are brought to light and framed in a different way that makes the characters be perceived differently, like the homeless guy. So he kind of takes them to their place, right? AJ's taking tests, who's shot, trying to help her out, right? Trying to redeem himself on some level. And then they get chased. Like, the, the monster lady comes out after she got hit by a car. She chases them to the top of this, like, water tower or whatever. And there's this moment... Where AJ completely throws away any goodwill, any kind of redeemable aspect of his character, and literally throws away the one person I care about surviving in this movie to save himself. And it's like, uh, it's like heartbreaking, that scene. It's so because it's just like this guy is just a piece of shit no matter what. Like he will want to do good up until a point. He'll want to redeem himself up until a point. But when faced with any kind of adversity, will effortlessly throw somebody else under the bus or off of a water tower, as it were. And one of the few unbelievable things is that somehow that monster lady is able to fall faster and protect her, which I love that. I love that she survives. I love that she's like the final girl. I love that AJ's head gets torn in half. I loved the ending of this movie. Absolutely. I'm like, okay, good. The only person I want to survive, she hopefully survives. I mean, she still has a gunshot wound fell from a, a water tower and is in the middle of like oh, one of the worst neighborhoods in Detroit, but where like police don't want to do anything to help. So it's like, okay, but I love this movie, man. It's a movie that scared me. It's a movie that made me care for horrible people. And then reminds me why they're horrible people. The, the, creature design amazing it's, every aspect of this movie i absolutely loved and if you watch this and you haven't seen the movie how dare you how dare you but it's by far one of my fa it's probably one of my favorite like all-time horror movies for the specific reason it scared me right it is i can't remember how long it's been like i've had movies gross me out like with the like torture porn and gore and things like that 
but they're not frightening. I've had movies like make me feel bad, like they look like they like tarnish my soul on some level, right? The Rob Zombie movies on some level just make me kind of disgusted in humanity. And like there's been movies that kind of stress me out or whatever. There's movies that have jump scares, but there's no movie that has made me like recoil in fear while also being so vocally active at the screen yelling at characters to get the fuck out of there what are you doing go like that was this is a movie i wish i had done a reaction video of because unlike the majority of movies i had visceral reactions to this movie definitely made a big mistake not recording myself watching this although that i, I don't know if that's a thing i really want to do but Highly recommend checking it out if you haven't. Uh, please let me know what your thoughts of the movie are in the comments. I would love to hear them. Did you get scared in those same moments in the same way I did? Or were you like, ah, it's no big deal. I saw it coming, whatever. You're going to lie to me? You're going to lie to me about that? You were spoiled. Somebody spoiled you. You knew what was happening. Anyway, I love this movie. By far the best horror movie I've seen in a long time. And uh, highly recommend checking it out it's like it's great it's great barbarian new episodes of the ray taylor show come out every single day subscribe on youtube and everywhere our podcasts are found binge the full week over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus buy ray taylor show merch over at inspireddisorder.com and follow the show on instagram at ray taylor show have a wonderful day everybody peace out today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about everything that you've been wanting every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real dreams can come true what you manifest in your mind you can bring to reality